Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. All right. Good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. I am your co-host, Rachel Marshall. I've got Bruce Wainer with me and a new face that you are going to love during this conversation. This is Cesar Quintero. Good morning, Cesar, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Rachel. Bruce, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> awesome. So if you are in a position of looking to grow your business, I want you to listen up to this conversation today because if you have been looking for a formula and wondering, is there a formula? Is there a recipe? Is there a way that I can figure out how to discover what's going on in my business and be able to figure out the path to go to the next level? This is going to give you a lot of clarity. So we're talking to Cesar Quintero today. He is a certified EOS implementer. And if you do not know what that is, you're going to find out today and why it is so important. He is the visionary of the profit recipe as well. And so if you want to figure out how to tap into your purpose, get traction, and solidify a healthy team, this is a conversation for you. I want to just share a tiny bit about Caesar, and then I'm going to let you tell everything else, Caesar. So awesome. your purpose really is to empower leaders to build businesses by design. You've done a lot of work. I met you through EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. You are a speaker for EO and EO Accelerator in multiple states across the country. And you've been in business now since I think age 24. You've had multiple businesses, you've sold businesses. And so you're not a newbie uh, to being in the business world. And you have learned a lot through your experience. Now, you also are writing a book right now, which we're going to talk about at the end. And you are a trainer for traction implementation, Y Discoveries, EO Accelerator Program, and EO Forum. Um, so, Caesar, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited. I, I I love following the podcast too, and 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 uh, all the ideas you give me. I I, I ran into awesome. cash flow banking by coincidence, and then I met you, which is great. That was just so cool meeting you, and then all of a sudden, when I mentioned infinite banking, you said, "Oh my goodness, this is awesome!" So you've yeah. already been using the concept before we before we even met, and so not only is Caesar like minded, he also has a tremendous amount to offer on how to model and scale and grow a business. So let's go ahead and jump in. And Caesar, tell us a little bit more than what I shared already about your backstory. Kind of how did you come sure. to this place in your life? Yeah. So um, I'm originally from Venezuela and South America. And uh, I uh, graduated as a process engineer there, went to Procter and Gamble, worked, you know, started my corporate life there in, in marketing. Um, and then Venezuela started going down. Down the drain. I was 24 at 2004 at this point, and I said, "You know what? Um, my dad was American, and I'm like, I'm American. I can just move." And you know, I decided to move to a new country. I moved to Miami, started a business, and got married all at the same time. Oh, awesome! You know, that's, that's what we do at 24. <laughs> There's no risk at that age. Um, but I, I saw this gap in the market. Uh, in the um, so I, I started a food delivery company. We cooked and delivered healthy meals to people in their office. So it's called Fit to Go. And mind you, this is 16, 17 years ago. So it was before Uber Eats, before it was convenient to have your meals delivered. So we went door to door and convinced people it was convenient to have your meals delivered, right? We, we'd drop samples off and, you know, and, and, and it started me and the chef. Um, and, oh, awesome. you know, we started growing the company. After about six or seven years, um, we got close to the million dollar in revenue. I had 27 employees. You know, I was doing everything. I was answering the phones. I was delivering the meals. I was doing. Every I was running like a chicken without a head, or you know, a leg, or even a featherless. <laughs> I was a dead chicken. I was a dead chicken at that point. Oh my right? gosh! Like most of us entrepreneurs, I just need to prove that this worked. I was making no money, right? Food and logistics. Talk about a, 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 a you know an industry that makes no money. Um, but then, uh, on 2012, I got hit with a class action lawsuit. Mm. Um, and it was a baseless class action lawsuit. I was a fifth company targeted by a woman and an attorney. Oh. And I wanted to prove that I did nothing wrong. So I, I took it personally. And I'm like, I'm going to prove that I did nothing wrong. And, and as you, you mentioned this a lot in your show is about, you know, and I lived in a very scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, that year it was, I remember it was Black Friday. Everybody was out shopping. I had zero dollars in my business account, $0 in my personal account. 
I was in this room with an attorney and the attorney, you know, we were trying to settle and go through this whole process. And the attorney just looked at me and said, Caesar, you either settle this now or you're closed on the business. Like there, there's no more mm-hmm. money to go around. Right. And that was a big wake up moment for me. It's like, shoot, I've been in this business for seven years and I have nothing to show for this. Oh, like I always said, I'm, I'm investing in my business. I'm investing in my business, all my time, all my energy, all my money. We talk about this all the time here, right? So all the time I'm, I'm investing in my business. I, I don't have savings on the other side. I don't have other things. So, but then I got hit with this and I'm like, what, what do I have to show for seven years of a lot of effort? Mm. And, and that's, that's a year that it was 2012. And I said, something needs to change. So I went through this journey of self-discovery and Simon Sinek, why, why, why purpose? And I, I found a person in New York, Brian Biederman, who did the why, the why discovery with me. And I understood that my purpose was mostly around my people. It was mm. around empowering those around me so that they could have the life they want to live, the, improve their life. And I realized That's that most awesome. of the time I was focused on my product, on the process, on the system, and not on my people. And when I shifted that focus, it just triggered. Right? I learned about EOS, I, I read Traction, how to empower my team, how to build a healthier team, how to be a better leader. I thought at that point I, I needed to know everything and I needed to show everything. So I, I think there was a big wake-up moment. 2013 was a huge year for me because it was mm-hmm. like the, you know, the peak after the valley. Right? It, it's just, but within one year, we, we doubled in profit. We paid all the attorneys off. We paid over $200,000 in attorney's fees at the end. She, she got $500, which was all I wanted. That's mm-hmm. like she gets nothing. Her attorney can get all the money in the world, but but then at the end, you know, it was the best thing to ever happen to me. It, it was a wake up call on the way I was approaching business, the way I was doing things was not the right approach. Mm-hmm. So since then, um, I sold that business two years ago uh, to two of my employees. So we did open management in the business as well, and they were able to um, be part of that. Um, I, uh, I started two new businesses that are more aligned with my purpose on empowering others. So now I help entrepreneurs go through the same journey I went through, why discovery, traction, EOS, uh, team health, and all this. So I, I, I help people go through the same journey I went through. And then I have an entrepreneur university online for Latin America. It's a very underserved con- you know, continent on entrepreneurship. Uh, you usually have to be second, third generation to have a business. So we're trying to get an online uh, it's called Emprendedor University. It's it's helping entre- um, people in Latin America take the entrepreneurial route. So that's what I do so now, cool. most of my time. Um, so so that that's like my life in in five minutes. I'm sorry. That I, I, is I kept awesome. No, I think what's really interesting, and I hope that I'm not um, <clears throat> stealing the words out of your mouth, Bruce. But what's really interesting is we talk about Dan Sullivan a lot as well on the yeah. show. You probably are familiar with him with Strategic yes. Coach and this idea of figuring out what is your unique ability unique and ability. this this area where you thrive, where you get energy and you are the best for other people. But I think we can always get stuck in that doing everything. And I just love how I heard you say, I found my purpose yeah, and I focused on the thing that I was good at and I didn't need to know everything. I mean, that hit me straight in the heart actually. Yeah. So, so thank you for sharing that. I, I think I think everybody says that entrepreneurs can change the world and businesses can change the world. And I'm a true capitalist. Like I really feel that if we generate value, we can change the world. That's what everybody says, but I don't I don't believe that. I, I truly believe that only happens if the entrepreneur, if the person or the leader within the company, because it doesn't have to be the owner, it could be any leader within the company, really leverages their unique ability. If they spend mm-hmm. their time and their energy in what they're great at, that's when we can change the world. Not, not, not just because we're in business, not just because we have this. If we don't generate the value and we get the value out of it, then we can't, we can't be that for others, right? So I, I, I love the unique ability um, connection yeah, here. Uh, Caesar, I, I don't know if I'm going to get this perfect, but Richard Branson always says something like uh, the, the client or customer is not always right, but your employees are always right. Because he believes if you take care of the employees, then you'll never take care of clients because the employees will always be taking care of clients. And I think that's exactly what you're trying to relate here. The other thing I would like to ask you is, what do you think about a leader being vulnerable to to their employees? And and how do you coach that? 
Yeah. So that was the wake up call I had that Black Friday. And when my attorney said, like, we either settle this now or you're closing down this business was how am I going to tell my team that I let them down? Like, I, I've always I was always that type of leader that I'm the eternal optimist. Mm -hmm. I, as you see, I'm a rah, rah, passionate guy. <laughs> I always can paint the road and we're all going there. Everything's fine. And that's who I was. But like my energy was so drained and everything went to this lawsuit and like the business started stealing. We, we were growing at a significant pace every year, but then that year it just dropped mm -hmm. and we had no cash, no nothing. It was just like, what do we do? Right. And we were in growth mode still. So it's like, there's no, so th the only way forward. And that's why that's that stage two of, of what I'm, we're going to talk about is the only way forward was me realizing that I couldn't do it all. Mm -hmm. It's me realizing that people around me had to step up and take ownership, but in order for them to do that, they needed to know what was going on. So that year, you know, I remember vividly that meeting and I, me just fessing up to them and going like, guys, I, I screwed this up. I made this about me and my ego and about proving that I was right and not about us and our sustainability and our long-term, you know, picture on, on the business. I need your help. And the biggest surprise I had was I, you know, and, uh, you know, as a tear ran through my eyes, um, the biggest surprise was not that it, it was more of the reaction I got from them was, mm. okay, what do we need to do? We'll cut our salaries for the next month. We'll pay us one week. Yes. One week. No, don't do every week. And then we'll, 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 we'll establish a cash flow promise. And then we, I, I read uh, Jack Stack's great game of business and how do we create a profit sharing to the team where now that's all open numbers are open. Like I'm a terrible number manager and I always thought I needed to do it because I was a business owner. And I'm like, why am I managing the cash in this business? If I don't even know how to manage my own cash, right? And yeah. Because I'm the owner. That's what we're supposed to do. Right. It's like, mm. no, that's not my unique ability. Somebody else is better at that. So opening that up, imagine be, talking about vulnerability, opening up your numbers to your team. That's that's vulnerable, right? It's oh, like, huge! Yeah, no, we weren't telling you know I make this, I make no. It was it was like general ledger. This is what comes in. This is what goes out. But then what that created was a sense of ownership. Yeah, everybody took ownership of what they could influence in those numbers, what they could do in their role to achieve that vision. So being vulnerable, and I, you know, I'm a Brene Brown groupie. So like just just switching that mindset. 2013. That's why I think it was just like a year of awakening for me because just switching the mindset of I don't need to have all the answers mm -hmm. people around me can help and they can each person should take full ownership of what they know and what they can do it was it was a game changer it was a game changer in, in leadership for sure oh, I see I that's also, really refreshing I think it was also and, and this will sound terrible but you know being a young leader I started my business at 24 most people around me were older than me and every room I went to like on BNI, on the Chambers of Commerce, I was always the youngest guy there. I had to prove something to people, I think, in my mind. And I always had to prove that I, I knew and I was right. And I had this. And, and I think letting down my ego helped me become a better leader and a better business. Mm. That's profound. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So let's go. Um, that was the beginning of your journey and things that were really challenging. Um, so let's talk about then how did you transition? You sold your first business. Talk about that and what that did for you and what your next step was. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy because when I sold my business, um, I, I was already doing some coaching on the side. So part of, part of the, in 2013, we started implementing uh, the entrepreneur operating system. So I created ownership and a team um, and they started taking ownership of the business. So little by little, I had more and more time. So I'm like, I'm not needed for everything. I don't need to do things. So that's when I started using my unique ability to really start doing things that I love to do, which mm. in that, in that point, 2013, I started, so we had developed our, our software for restaurant for delivery. So I'm like, I'm going to sell this software to help restaurants deliver as well. So I started doing speaking at food conventions, restaurant conventions, and all these things. And of course, this is Uber Eats before Uber Eats. And then when Uber Eats came mm -hmm. out, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I'm not going through. But then I realized that, you know, typically people in the food industry aren't as business savvy. So I, it required a lot of my energy and a lot of my time to coach them. But I realized that I loved this thing around coaching. And I love this thing about teaching and sharing my experiences and sharing what I learned all those, you know, 14 years of terrible experience as a leader. Um, so, so 
just sharing that and, and being authentic about it. And it's like, we're all in this together and we're all in this in the same phase, you know, and that, that created a niche for me. So I started doing EO work and, and, and accelerator and, and teaching, you know, uh, scaling up and burn harness concepts and Gino's concepts of traction and taking entrepreneurs to the same journey I went through. Right. So, um, so I started a firm a year ago and these two businesses, so it took me seven years to get to a million dollars in the food business. It took me eight months to get to a million dollars in my firm. Right? Mm. It took me a year and two months to get to a million dollars in the, in the online university. So, so it's like, I, I think that's why the concept of, and, and this is what my book is all about. It's an evolution flywheel. So it's, yes. It's, Go ahead it's and share play. that. This is just so interesting. <laughs> It's a play on the e-myth, right? The, the entrepreneurial evolution, the evolution. And then the flywheel is a reference to Jim Collins' flywheel. And, you know, I, I can share it here. Yeah, go ahead. So this is, this is the evolution flywheel that, you know, after, after hundreds of different entrepreneurs that I've helped, I saw a pattern. There's a pattern going on. And in, in the entrepreneurial cycle, there's a, there's a pattern. And, and that's what I wanted to share with, with everyone here is that there's five stages. Now, the important thing with this cycle is that as true entrepreneurs and true leaders and, and people, we don't go through this on a sequential aspect, right? We don't of go course, to one nothing's and, then linear. <laughs> and then three and then four. No, this is like the stages of grief, right? When you lose someone, you know, you'll be sad, you'll be mad, you'll be resentful. Like it all happens at the same time. It's not something that you go one by one. It's like, okay, now I'm sad. Now I'm going to go. No, but what, what's interesting about this is that we're working on all of these at the same time. But when we're stuck at one stage, what I found in these patterns is that in order to get unstuck, I need to go through that sequential model. So if I'm unstuck on one, then I need to go to two. If I'm unstuck on, I'm, I'm unstuck on four, then I go to, you know, so I go to the next mm -hmm. one to get unstuck into the, into the next stage. So kind of like a, a very flash explanation of this cycle is, you know, number one is a startup, right? You see the opportunity, you bridge a gap as a leader, as an entrepreneur within your business, there's something that I can tackle and I can do. And, and in order to get unstuck from here, I need to prove the market fit. I need to scale. I need to prove profitability, right? Then I go into leadership, which is what Bruce was talking about. I need to realize that I can't do this by myself. Like I can be a solopreneur or a technician, but I, I, need, a, I need someone more than me. But I need to go through a moment of vulnerability, of self-awareness, of understanding what I can and cannot do, understanding my unique ability and then starting to delegate those things that I'm not good at, like me and my finances, mm. right? I sort of delegated that at the beginning of my business, not 10 years after, because then we'd be in a different spot right now. <laughs> um, so it's just so interesting though, how you mentioned that, that it was almost like the learning that was required for you to be able to understand that because sometimes exactly. we hear it in our mind and we hear yeah. something that we need to do, but we don't understand it until yeah. We have some of those failings. <laughs> yeah. And then once I understand what I'm great at, what I'm not, and what I should start delegating, that's building the team by design. That's stage number three. And when we're in stage number three, there's two types of teams. There's mm. the external team. We need coaches. We need mentors. We need peers. You know, being a, being a leader is a lonely place. Sometimes people don't get you. So you need people who go through the same examples as you go through as peers, but also coaches and mentors. Like, you know, if I want to do infinite banking, I need someone who knows how to do that. Why, why mm -hmm. am I going to spend all this time thinking about these things on me getting all this? No, I got a who, like the, the new Dan Sullivan book, who, not how, right? Right. It's right. I got a who, I got a who, I, I got a who, let me bring this person in. They already did all the research. Let's just bring them in and, and talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And they can help me with this. So we need an external team of experts. We need a team that we can leverage on and we don't need to recreate the wheel all the time. And then we need an internal team that can take ownership of the things in your business where you have a number two, an integrator, we call them, or a key executive or a, or some, a right hand person, because a lot of times we're the ones coming up with the ideas, but then we forget to execute. Mm -hmm. So we need someone in our team to help us follow through, to help us execute our ideas. Cause if not every two weeks, we'll be executing something different if it was from to me. Right. right. So that's the whole visionary integrator concept that we talked about. Uh, we talk about in entrepreneurial operating system. But building that team to take ownership of the business. And then number four, stage number four is business by design. So once you did startup, you developed as a leader in stage two, you developed your teams external and internal in stage three. Now it's time for your business to work without you. So we need to choose an operating system, whether it's scaling up, 
EOS, EMYTH, MAP, OKRs, whatever philosophy you want to go through, just pick one. Pick one so that the business can work without you. Because if not, you need the team to take ownership. You need a consul- a, an, an aligned vision. And you need a meeting of, of accountabilities and structure and KPIs and all these things that we can measure and processes, KPIs, and metrics that we can make sure that the business can run without you. And that's what creates value in a business. Right? We talk about investing in your business all the time here, right? So mm-hmm. how do you invest in your business? You need to create value. So in order to create value, it has to work without you, right? So that's what business by design is. And then once you go to business by design, where I was, I had all the time in the world to start two new businesses because I was only working two hours a week in my business. Now it's life by design, right? And that's stage number five is really understanding. And I put this as a last stage. It should be the first, right? It should always be the first stage. But sadly, life doesn't happen this way. Usually we start a business because accidental we started it or we just bridged it. And, and that's, but usually that's mm-hmm. why... But we should always start with purpose. We should always start, what is my unique ability? What am I great mm-hmm. at? What can I make money in, right? And how can I move forward in this? So the, the stage five is all around understanding what I want to be when I grow up, right? And understanding what's my true passion. In my case, it was around others and empowering others. So of course, a firm, a university, things like that, teaching and, and sharing experiences. And that created, again, a, a number one, because I started two other businesses that are more aligned with my purpose. Mm-hmm. And the reason the flywheel effect starts here is because the first time it's going to be really tough to go through this. It took me 14 years, 15 years to go through it the first time, right? Ah, oh, all these experiences, all these things that I need to learn in order to go. And my first business was my practice round. And then the second, third business, it was just much, much easier. I already, I already could go through this process. I, I knew the team I wanted. I knew, I knew I, the leader I needed to be for this business, the leader I needed to be for that business. How, what operating systems I can choose. I already knew the operating system. I, so I, I implemented them. And then little by little, it just creates a flywheel effect because it's just easier and easier. And that's a true evolution of an entrepreneur is, you know, that, that's the difference between a technician, business owner, entrepreneur, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's a technician is I'm, I'm great at my job. Then the, 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 the business owner is I started a business, but then the entrepreneur is really leveraging a team yourself to multiple businesses and, and just going through the cycle of, of, of uh, generating value in different ways. It was really interesting even hearing you differentiate business owner versus entrepreneur. I've actually heard it the opposite direction as well, where the entrepreneur is more this, you know, big picture person. They have all the great ideas, but the business owner is the person who's taking it, taken the ideas into a systematic way of living and they're now in a position where they're they're profitable and the business is functional. But what's interesting is that we always talk about being an entrepreneurially minded business owner. And yeah. I think we're we're talking the same language. When you say entrepreneur, we say entrepreneurially minded business owner. Yes. This is the yes. person who is continuing to innovate. They're not just doing Correct. the same thing over and over and over. They, they've been doing this for five years. Somebody else put the system in place. I'm just going through the motions and I own the business but we're innovating. We're thinking about the landscape, the economy. We're looking at the needs of people. We're saying, how do we change the dynamic of maybe even an entire industry that I'm in? Not just saying, well, this industry functions this way. I have to do it this way. You're figuring out technology and you're figuring out new systems. And that's where I think um, people get really creative, but you also have so much capacity because there's no two people that are exactly the same. And so there's really no competition when you find out your unique ability and plug that into being entrepreneurial, a hundred percent. I think I think in 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 your reference, the the word business owner is you're you're probably in stage four. You have a team, you have a business that works, and and it's generating value. It's doing all these things. And I think the entrepreneurial mindset is understanding your unique ability, which is life by design, and then going down the flywheel effect on innovation, new things that you can bring up, and the, all these things. So I think it's what what I call entrepreneur. I think is is what you're calling the entrepreneurial mindset business owner. Yes. So Caesar, one one of the things that tie all this in, you know, life by design, so on and so forth, is you know I've run into so many what I would call business owners. Um, you know, they bought themselves a job. Yeah. And, and kind of like you did with your food business, you bought yourself a job, and you were the lowest paid employee at that job. Um, yeah. And we have this idea that uh, the you have the struggle has to be hard. I mean, it has to be a hard struggle for it to be successful. And somehow we have been taught that 
mindset, you know, that when you get into business, don't expect to be profitable for three to five years. And we've actually had Mike McCallowitz and Barb Stackhouse on for profit first and say, you know, yeah. you, if you structure it with not only the, the systems, but the people, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. The other thing is that when you are actually helping people um, with their entrepreneurial journey, um, all, all people are looking at it where they do get into the struggle and they say, oh, I just want to retire. Uh, because they're they're tired of the struggle, and when I say to them, "Hey, if we could remove the things that you don't like, would you retire?" And I don't know how many times people say, "Oh yeah, I still just want to retire." And I say, "Yeah, now listen to me. If we could remove the things that you don't like, would you retire?" And sometimes I get people to say, "Well, that, that kind of makes sense," and that's exactly what you're building your flywheel life by design is. Hey, yeah. if you could do that then you don't actually have to struggle so much by putting pulling money out of your business so that you can retire, which is the worst thing you can actually do with your business is pulling the cash out of the business to put it somewhere else. And so how does that, how do all those philosophies now tie into your flywheel uh, effect? Yeah, I, I think that, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's exactly that. It's, it's understanding where, where we are and where we want to go, right? And and really leveraging leveraging that piece. Um, I I, 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 I reminded, and that's why I went here is is the ikigai concept. I don't know if I don't know if you're familiar with the ikigai yes. concept. Yeah, I'm we not. well maybe not in that word, but this we actually talked about on uh, on the podcast. But this is probably about two and a half years ago. So okay. um, it's just like a I think it's a Japanese word, isn't it? Yeah. So so it's it's interesting. It's Japanese world. It's a Spanish guy who came up with this, but oh. it's really based on the Jim Collins hedgehog, but they added a, a new thing, right? So, so like the heart is on top, right? It's purpose. It's, it's what makes me tick. It's, it's my unique ability. It's what I love to do. Then there's a star, which is, you know, what I'm great at. These are things that I'm great at. And these are things that I excel at, right? And I'm good at. And then the bottom is the money. We need to make money on this, right? So it's, it's, am I making money on things I need to do? And then the last one, which is an Ikigai concept is, is it good for the world? Mm -hmm. Right. Which is now the conscious okay. capitalism kind of piece of how, am I doing something of value for the world or not? Right. So I think what, what, what Bruce is mentioning is, you know, a lot of times we tell people it's like, oh, um, if you're great at something and you get money for it, that's a job, that's a profession. Right. Sometimes we started a business. I'm good at, I'm good at making shoes and I can make money on it, but that's a job. If I don't love to do it, then then it's it's not that right. And if it's if it's if something I love to do and I'm good at, it's a hobby. It's a passion, right? I can do something. If I'm not making money on it, it's just a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. And then if it's good for the world and its purpose, it's a mission. I wanna I wanna take out all the one-time plastic use things around the world, you know. And then if it, if it's good for the world and it. And it's a it's it's makes you money. Then it's a vocation. You're a doctor. You're somebody who who's, who saves lives. Who does things. The the icky guy concept is, what's what's best for you? What makes you tick? What are you? What is your purpose? What are you great at? What do you make money? And what's good for the world? And that's why I think like my two businesses now. I I truly believe entrepreneurs can change the world, but only if they use their unique ability. Mm. Right. So. My my purpose is to help and empower entrepreneurs to evolve to that stage so that they don't get my 2012 moment, right? I want entrepreneurs to think about purpose before they get there, to be a better leader before they get there, to to go through that process so that you know they don't have 12 years of of wasted time in business valuation. Um, and and I've been told I'm I'm good at that. I'm I'm sharing that, and and I was telling people invite me and they asked me so, and I'm making the most money I've ever made doing it. And it's great for the world because I really believe that entrepreneurs could can change the world. So for me, my true icky guy is my two businesses right now are very aligned in all the things I on these four aspects of understanding, you know, what I love to do, what I'm good at, what I can make money in, and what's good for the world. And if you find that for yourself, it's it's a game changer. Cause then you're not working. Like, yes. like I'm when are you retiring? I'm not I'm retired, man. I love doing this. Like I, I'm already retired. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And then you're gaining energy, which is good for you. It's good for your soul. It's good for your health. It's good for your mindset. It's good for your body. I mean, it's good for everything when yeah. you're in that purpose. 
Caesar, um, I, I cringe every time I hear somebody say work-life balance. That just drives me crazy because there, you shouldn't have work-life balance. You should just have life. You know, life. If, if you were in, if you were in a work-life balance situation where I got to, oh, I got to balance my work and life, then you're in the wrong profession or you're in the wrong business because yeah. you're not working in your unique ability. And that's I, I why agree. people have to have that balance. I think it was, um, I forgot who said this. I think it was Zuckerberg's sister. She said, uh, there's five things in life, right? There's friends, profession, uh, exercise, sleep, and something else. I forgot. And she's like, Help. pick three. Pick three. Like, do not think that you can do all five at the same time. And it's true. Like, I, 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 talk, I talk this over with my wife all the time. And it's like, okay, so in the next six months, I'm on startup mode, right? So my focus will be on this, but it, it's, it's a finite time. So mm-hmm. the balance will be an unbalance in our, in our family life, but it's a balance for me on what I need to focus on. So I like looking at it as where am I, what am I focusing on, on right now? But it doesn't mean that it's forever. It, it just means that there, there are counterbalances and things that we need to take away, right? Um, so yeah, am I, am I not sleeping enough right now? Or my exercise is taking a toe or, you know, like something needs to give, like we can't do everything at once. And I think that's, that just makes it unachievable. Yeah. And so, you know, another thing to reference Sullivan, you know, he says, who are the, who are the most highly paid people in the world? And they're athletes and entertainers. And that's what they do. They, they go into like a tour, like a singer, you know, they go to a concert tour and they go really hard for six months and then they'll take a, they might take a year off athletes, you know, they go really hard during their season and then they have an off season to kind of regenerate uh, and, and figure out what they need to focus on for the next season. And business owners need to do, or entrepreneurs need to do the same thing. Agree. Yeah. A hundred percent. So Caesar, can you share with us a little bit more about now what is EOS? Is it the same thing as the flywheel you just showed us? And, or is it different? And what does it mean to be an EOS implementer? Then I want to kind of go into what are your new businesses and what's your book about? Sure. Yeah. So EOS is one of the systems on stage four, which is how to develop a business by design. Ooh, so okay. in, in order to develop a business by design, you need, a, you, need a, you need an operating system, right? So this is when, you're, when your business needs to go through adolescence and become a grown-up, right? When you know when when a solopreneur is just doing blah, 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 and, and it's all art and it's all in my head. There's a moment in your business when you're at ten employees, when you're close to that million dollar mark, where you need to kind of grow up a little bit, right? And we and this you know having a pool table and having a ping pong, you know that's cute, you know, and that's great. You can still have that as part of your culture, but but there's a moment where we need to grow up a little bit as a company, and that's what operating systems do. So operating systems help you systemize your business. So they're scaling up, which is based on the Rockefeller habits of Vern Harnish. And he has a four pillars, cash, um, execution, people, strategy. Um, there's traction. This is based on the book Traction. So the entrepreneurial operating system is Gino Wickman's uh, concept. And what all of these are, these are all the same concepts. They're just formulated in a way that it's easy for, for businesses to implement, right? I chose, so there's MAP. Uh, there's Emith. Emith has a system. There's OKRs, which is a Google system. Um, so there, uh, th- there's many systems and philosophies that are based on this. I think most of these are now based on the agile philosophy, which is lean startup kind of mm-hmm. thing. So it's it's so innovate as you go rather than as you go. Right. Yeah, the, the whole the whole you know Jim Collins you know planning for thirty years and how am I going to get there and developing the whole plan. The world is changing so fast right now mm-hmm. that a long term is five years, you know, long, long term is five years, long term is three years because yeah. we're in singularity right now. So everything's changing so fast mm-hmm. that really what we need to do is let's aim somewhere and then see where we are and adapt, see where we are and adapt, yes. see where we are and adapt. So that's, that's the agile. And most of these replicate that and create a system within your company of meeting rhythms, of, of KPIs, of a structure of all that. What I love about EOS the most, and that's why I went into this one, I've taught many before, but I love the simplicity of it. Mm. I love that this sim- it's simple, it's timeless, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You know, I help tech companies as well as professional companies, attorneys, I help doctors' offices, hotel chains, franchisors, like anything, it doesn't matter. 
And what I love about these operating systems is that, you know, you don't, you are the expert in your business. So we're just brought in to teach the system. We train someone within your company to take this system on and that way we're out, right? I, I, I hate the consultant term. That's why I'm an implementer. I don't want to be a consultant. I don't want to be a, a, a leech in your business. I go in, teach you the system. You got it within a year, year and a half. Okay, I'm out. Um, some companies, it takes six months. Sometimes it takes two years. But you know, depending on where they are, I'm trying to teach them the system. And once you, you can't unlearn this. This is efficiency. So once you start doing this, it's like you can't not do it. It creates transparency, you know, visibility and accountability within your team. So it's just it's just an easy way to creating clarity, alignment, and health, right, in your team. That's excellent. And so the pillars of the EOS is that, um, can you share what those are? Yeah, sure. So EOS has six key components. Um, so the six key components are vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. So those are the six key components on, on the EOS model. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So now how does that fit over into the two new businesses that you are create that you've created, which if I'm not mistaken, you've got here the, the profit, profit recipe, recipe and, and Emprendedor then University. The, yeah. Which I cannot pronounce. I'm sorry. The university. <laughs> <laughs> Emprendedor. It's entrepreneurship in Spanish. Emprendedor. 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 Okay. Emprendedor University. Yeah. Okay. So basically what, what, um, what the profit recipe really is, is um, the profit recipe is based on, it's a firm, we have five partners, and it's a firm that's based on this cycle. So awesome. we help entrepreneurs uncover their why, understand why, what they're great at and what they want to do, improve their leadership, right, and, and vulnerability and coaching and different ways that they can improve, creating peer groups and community of integrators, of people who are going through, so it's not alone. And we implement EOS and implement operating systems. So as a firm, as a profit recipe, we do all of these five stages. EOS is mostly on stage number four, which is business by design. So EOS happens to be one of the things that we do within our firm um, on helping entrepreneurs evolve. So that's the, that's the difference between EOS and the profit recipe, which is my, my firm. Awesome. Yeah. And awesome. then on, on the Emprendedor on, on University is teaching... It's an online course teaching um, people in business, so people who have a job, on how to start a parallel business while they test it out and then move and test the concept and all that. So it's, it's more of an online um, uh, platform there. Yep. That's excellent. Well, I'm really excited about these new businesses that you have, and I'm really excited about the profit recipe. I know you've been doing this since at least before I met you. Um, and so tell me, who is this for? What is the ideal business and what is their stage right now? What type of challenges are they experiencing that you are solving for them? And what, what is the ultimate outcome of working with you in the profit recipe? Got it. Yeah. So the profit recipe, um, we're looking for entrepreneurs who, are, who feel stuck mm. in some way. It could be stuck on, I just sold my business, not sure what I want to do and what's next, or I don't know what's, what's next in life, or I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, or they're growing their business, but they're, it's taking too much from them. Like I don't, people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. I have no clarity and visibility in my company. There's no, like we all operate in silos and it's always, it feels like we're always putting out fires and we're not the firefighters, right? We're, we're just putting out fires and we're not the fire station looking above the trees and you know, kind of making sure. So if you're feeling that you're overwhelmed of, you know, there's no, there's no true accountability rhythms, meetings, you know, what's, what's going on that, that's, that's kind of um, our sweet spot. And then also, you know, people who want to have a community of, of entrepreneurs who, or leaders, because you could be a leader with an intrapreneur, a leader within a company on, I, I want to move this company forward, but I'm not sure how, mm. right? And 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 I don't. I, I want to have a voice. I want to bring health and team, you know. And how do we create a, a conflict? You know, Pat Patrick Lencioni kind of concepts on how do we create functionality in a team? How do we how do we bring healthy conflict? How do we how do we solve things and move forward as a team and aligned team who is who is aligned? So so that's what the profit recipe really focuses on. Mostly, it's companies you know that have ten to two hundred and fifty employees. 
you know, around the a million dollar in revenue to two hundred million dollar in revenue. So it's a wide gambit because some companies, you know, succeed in spite themselves. That's the truth, right? That was my. I succeeded. I don't know how I succeeded. It just happened. It just kept growing with the market. And then, you know, the, the revenue mark is is very. You know, it depends if you're doing. Con- you know, I I sold meals for nine dollars each meal. I had to sell a ton of meals to get to a million. Now I had a friend who sells equipment, three hundred thousand dollar equipment. So for him, selling three units is a million. So revenue is not really a metric, but it's mostly where you are in business. Is it is it time for me to scale? Is mm. this scalable? How, how can I take this to the next level? So that's usually our our sweet spot on 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 entrepreneurs who who like to work with us. That's excellent. And so now tell us a little bit as well about your book that you're writing and why. I think this is fascinating. Yeah. So initially I started writing this book like two years ago because I wanted to share my story. I wanted I wanted people to to understand. So it was more like a let me share because that's one of my values. It's 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 share vulnerably, right? I, I've had so many mistakes and so many things. I don't want people to to go through these. So I wanted a, I wanted a book that did this. And while I was while I was going through the process I kept seeing the patterns that I have and all the entrepreneurs were bringing in the proper recipe have the same exact patterns. Mm. So I was able to see these patterns and I'm like, you know what? This is more than just uh, me sharing my story kind of thing. I think this is more like if we, you know, Brené Brown says something great that's um, the labeling. When you label something, then you can address it, right? Once, mm-hmm. once you identify an issue, then you can you can tackle that. So I think it was I think we always talk about improving the business or improving self. I think they're two separate concepts. And I think in as as true business owners and and and, and entrepreneurs, it, it's all one thing. It's what Bruce was saying. There's no life work balance. Mm-hmm. So how do we integrate that in a pattern where it's like, oh, it's yeah, it's 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 startup, so it's a product market fit. It's yeah, but then it's like, how do I now approach what's my self by design, right? And then how do I move to team by design? How do how do I create a team? How do I create a business that works without me? And then the purpose. So I, I found this pattern that was happening over and over again on people who sold businesses and got lost and got depressed because they didn't know, like they were, their identity was so involved with the business that then they they weren't sure what was next, what what what, what made me tick, right? Mm. That happens a lot with moms and, and, and some parents. And it's like, once, once I, like, I'm a mother, I'm, I'm a father, that's, that's my role in life. But once they go to college, it's like, what? Now what do I do, right? right? Kind of the same essence with 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 entrepreneurship is now what do I do? And 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 a lot of times we forget to think about ourselves. And although it's selfish, but it's great for the world because if you really align it with your purpose and your unique ability, then you're adding value. So mm-hmm. we saw this. I saw this pattern, and now this book is more around, and it'll probably be in, by summer that'll finally come out because I've edited it like we've gone through three editors. But is unlocking the flywheel so that we can ten x life, right? So. So as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as as people, how do we unlock this flywheel? How do we how do we make this flywheel go faster? And if you find yourself stuck at any of these, what are the steps I need to do to move forward to the next one? Right. So um, that that's kind of where where we're at. And I have a reference guide. Um, it's not pretty yet, but I can share it with you, and we can share a link. Um, it's it's just a. HBR articles, blog posts. So if you're stuck in startup by design, go to do these things. If you're stuck oh, awesome. in business by design, go to do these things, right? So we're, we're coming up with a resource template on, on steps that people can take in order to move to the next stage. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. And um, so yes, go ahead and share that link with us. And then we have time for some additional questions and, and comments as well. Awesome. So, so what is the link? And is that something that they can access now? Uh, I will, it's not, a, it's not live okay. now, but I will okay. share it with you so we could post it when, when awesome. we're there. Awesome. Okay. Um, that's perfect. But yeah, it's not pretty though. We're, we're in the process. So this that's is okay. it's entrepreneurship. It's messy, right? We're You're just innovating as you go, but it's a Google doc. I'll, I'll share, I'll share that with you guys now. Okay. I'll share that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I love the concepts that you're talking about here. And specifically, because I mean, I can see myself in this, I can see our own business. And I think what's really interesting about being in a business, I mean, we are helping people create a life that they love and really get their finances in order and be able to grow their business. But there's different elements of this, right? There's a, there's different things. 
part of it is the cash in your business, which we help a lot of entrepreneurs with and helping them really be able to create a legacy and be able to have the financial management to make sure that you're actually profitable. So those components are part of what we do. But then there's the other elements that I think all of us as businesses go through. And it's figuring out what systems do we need right now and how do we scale and grow? And I think, I mean, I would be lying if I said those aren't the same questions that we're asking right now, because every single business, if you're in business, you're not there just to talk and just to hopefully make this. I mean, it needs to be more than a hobby. It really needs to be something that is scaling. And so as you're continuing to grow, it's asking those questions, what exactly are the steps that I need to take? What are the systems I need to put in place? Who are the external players? Who are the people that need to come into my life to give me clarity in these things that I don't yet know? And so I love that you are helping people do that. And this isn't something brand new for you. It's something that you've learned through your life experience and that you are now showing other people to do. Yeah. And and if you go to the website, theprofitrecipe.com, we'll have this document and all that downloadable very easily soon. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely send that link. But um, on theprofitrecipe.com, you can also get some resources and some uh, interesting things on on how to move to that next level as well. Well, Caesar, it's really cool to see you stepping into your uniqueness and your unique ability as well. And I know I love watching you teach. I love watching you coach people. It comes completely natural to you and you do it effortlessly. And it's, it's a tremendous advantage for everyone who is listening. So um, do you have anything that you would say is specific advice for maybe the business owner right now that is saying, I have a team, I have a business, it's kind of going well. How do I take this from something that is maybe um, I'm trying to figure out, do I need a better system or do I need better marketing or do I need better? um, Do I need to raise my prices? Do I need more Facebook ads? The person who's maybe saying, how do I grow this? What would you say is the first thing that they should look at and maybe it's not a strategy. Maybe it's something bigger than the strategy. But what would you say to a person who's saying, "What do I do next?" I, I think I think like we tackle any big project in life or in business, right? It's the first right step. That's what matters. It's just taking one small right step. And um, what, what this guide will help us do, and and that's why we're coming. It's already done the resource guide. Um, and what it'll help do is, where am I stuck, and how? What's the next step I need to get to? So in this in this guide, we have you know, resource, we have uh, blog posts, we have videos, we have programs they can take, we got systems they can do, we got different ways. And so it's segmented. So each stage, what are the things I need to get down packed so that I can move to the next stage, but mm. it can get overwhelming. And that's the thing, right? It, it can get overwhelming because there's so many things I need to do right now. Right. But my, my advice for everyone is just take it one step at a time, one step and focus on that right first step. Because if we get into analysis paralysis, we'll never get to the next step. So oh, just absolutely. take the first right step, right? Absolutely. And um, Bruce, I'm sure that we would talk about that as well in financial in your financial life, just because there is always so many things that you could say. Well, I have, you know, I have my debt over here, and I have these loans, yeah. and I have the I want to plan for having some assets in the future, and I want real estate, and I need to grow and increase my business, and I want to have a place to save that cash. And I want to be able to access and use it, but I also need good investments. And so I think sometimes we can get in that overwhelm and really the overwhelm does not help anyone have clarity. And so if you're looking to get unstuck in your business, I love Caesar, the clarity that you've brought around that. Reach out to somebody like Caesar, reach out to the profit recipe to find out what are the next steps that you need to move forward in growing your business. If you're in a position of saying, I need to have additional clarity in my financial life and I need it to be simple. I need to have something that I can actually do, not just a bunch of confusion or a bunch of goals that don't necessarily seem like they're lining up together. Reach out to us at The Money Advantage. We can help you get that clarity that you need because we have advisors that can talk with you and get your finances streamlined and organized so that you can actually make that progress. That next right step. So the next right step is going to be a who not a how in this case. A who, 100%. You need the external team. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Caesar, for being with us today. And I know you shared theprofitrecipe.com. Is there anywhere else that people can find you and follow you in your work? Yeah, I'm on on LinkedIn under Caesar E. Quintero. And you can look me up up in LinkedIn as well. 
That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your unique ability today on this show. And um, we did have, just so you know, we had Kevin Daisy popping into the show and he said, hi, um, Caesar, <laughs> and that he's learned a lot from you at EO. And um, another friend of mine as well, Eddie Dizon said this was on fire or fire emoji. So uh, those are a couple of the comments that we had today. Thank you guys for being with us on the show. If you are interested in finding out more about The Money Advantage, go to themoneyadvantage.com. We have blogs and the show notes specifically for the show will be there. So you can have all the links that you can just click on instead of remember what they were. And remember that as we are building this life and business you love, there's one everything that we talk about is one part of a bigger journey. Ultimately, you want to build time and money freedom or life by design, as you're talking about, Caesar. And so have the steps in place, but realize that there's a much bigger journey. And I think sometimes figuring out where it fits in the big picture will even help you to take that small step. So in closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, and I'll add in like Caesar, and build a life and business that you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.